Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the special report episode of Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with Garrett Hirschberg and Jordan Caroline. Jordan, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, no problem. All right, so let's just jump right into it, I guess. Um, so you announced a couple weeks ago that you're going in, you're declaring for the draft. Right. That's some big news. Um, and you're going without an agent. So why why the push to go to the NBA now? Um, you know, I just wanna just wanted to get my name out there, get some feedback, see what the scouts are saying. Uh, I I didn't I don't want to sign with an agent, just you know, in in case I you know want to come back for my last year. So I'm really just trying to get feedback, you know, just get get my foot in the door and see how things are. What are you really expecting out of this? Are you expecting to to go into the draft and get picked up, or just kind of get that experience similar to what happened with uh, Kem Oliver in his first year? Um, just more so to get the experience, you know, get some workouts, you know, get get my name out there, uh, show people I can play. That's really what I'm looking for more so than anything. So there is still a possibility of you coming back to play for the pack next season. Yeah. <laughs> is that kind of what you're banking on? Are you expecting to come back to the pack? Yeah, you know, I'm just like I said, I just want to get feedback and see see what happens, but uh I didn't sign for I didn't sign with an agent for a reason, so if you know, it it doesn't go the way I I wanted to, then I'll be back next year. Has Cam Oliver sort of uh talked to you or coached you through this process? Uh I talked to Cam a little bit about it, but like not too much about it, so. So like this whole situation, what is like the worst case scenario that could happen with going to the draft? Is it kind of like an all positive, kind of a safe move to go out and and kind of test the, test the waters? Yeah, you know, it's a win win situation. You know, if uh, if I don't get the feedback I want, then I get to come back for my senior year and get to play. So, and then if I do, you know, anything can happen. So, uh, it's really a pretty positive situation. Um, either way, I'll be like either way the decision. Uh, it'll help me out. It'll be, I'll benefit from it. So you're not the only one going out to the NBA draft. You got the Martin twins going with you. Was that kind of something you guys talked about together, doing it as like a group? Um, we didn't talk about like all going as a group, but when we all knew we were going, we decided we we're just going to announce it all together. Okay. Now, have you talked to them? Uh, and how? And are they like you? Like, if they don't get, if they don't get the news they're wanting, they'll come back, or are they like full set on just going to declare or just going to go through the draft process? Um, honestly, I haven't really talked to them that much about like uh, what their mindset is at the process, but they, at the same time, they don't have agent, uh, agents, so I would imagine it will be the same thing. It's the safest bet kind of to, to come back. What do you think the future of Nevada basketball would be if, say, you or even all three of you made it into the NBA or got an offer somewhere else and you decide to choose it? Um, even if I think all three of us left, I think the team would still be really good next year. I still think – it would be a top 25 team. Uh, the guys sitting out are really talented. There are some good freshmen coming in. And, you know, if we leave, that it gives more spots for transfers and, you know, grad transfers to come in. So I know Muscle would do a great job, you know, preparing the program. They, they wouldn't take a step back. Do you think if this season, if this season doesn't go, if this next season doesn't go as planned and you all three of you guys leave this year, do you think uh, Muscle has any, Muscle would leave Nevada or would you continue and try to do like, uh, Mark Few at uh, Gonzaga is he built like a dynasty? Um, I really can't you know answer that too much, but I feel like he would just stay. You know, uh, I mean, I feel like he he's fine in the situation. You know, he's he's done a masterful job here, especially turning the program around in the three years we've been here. So uh, I, I think he would just stay and just you know work through it because there's a lot of guys you know who uh, who are, are bright ones for the future. So let's say you go for the NBA draft, you don't get it, but you get looks from a team overseas. Was that something you'd consider? Uh, not this year, but definitely next year. I have no problem with playing overseas. It's great money over there, and it's a great you know experience in the world. But uh, if if I don't get the you know like what I want, I just come back from school and just finish up you know my last year. Or so, 
you wouldn't you wouldn't take the money right right now and and go overseas. You'd come back, spend a year, and see what you can get. Yeah, I would just come back, you know, see if I can improve my stock for my senior year, and then go from there. If so, say you do come back, do you think all three of you guys come back? Do you think next year you guys could even get farther than Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, I know as a team, like if we all come back, that's the goal. We feel like we sold, we sold ourselves short, not taking anything away from Loyola. They're a great team. They made it to the Final Four, but we felt like we could have played better that game, and we just miss, we missed an opportunity. So we, I, I think we want to talk a little bit more about like the whole NCAA tournament run. I think you, you kind of surprised everyone how far you went. Do you think you do you feel like you surprised yourself going all the way to the Sweet Sixteen? Um, no, because going into the season, that was like our goal. Our goal was to get to the Sweet 16, and um, we made it happen. And then my sophomore year, our goal was to get to the NCAA tournament, and we made that happen. So each year I've been here, we've, we've reached our goal and uh, what we said we were going to do before the season. Now, although it's the goal, it might not be um, – you didn't get, get there the way you wanted to. Like, what, what was the cause of the slow starts in the first two games? Like, was it just, like, nervousness? Um, no, I don't, no, I don't think about it as nervous. I think it was just, we weren't ready to play. Like, I think we were kind of complacent in a sense, but uh, it definitely wasn't nervous. Everybody was in that mindset. Everybody was ready to play. Nobody was, uh, we weren't worried about our opponent, like fear wise. So we just didn't come out like we need to both of those games. After that loss to San Diego state in the mountain West tournament, was that kind of a momentum killer? Were you worried about the, the lack of momentum going into the NCAA tournament? Uh no, because we knew we had to, we knew we would have to win the first game, you know, because to gain our respect to us, we looked like a fluke team who made it. So we uh, that actually gave us more motivation. So it fueled us a little bit for that run. I know in the first game, uh, Caleb Martin talked when coming back against Texas. Caleb Martin talked about uh, the Texas Tech game just getting to overtime. Was that stressed awful a lot during like the timeouts in the final stretch in a regular and regulation? Um, I wouldn't say it was stressed, but I mean, we all we all recognize it. We all have been there before. Wyoming Tech, you know, lost both of those games in overtime, so it it was just something we knew. We knew we, uh, we were familiar with that circumstance and knew we couldn't let the uh, same outcome happen. Nevada doesn't play with a whole lot of depth. You guys have kind of your starting lineup right there. Then you guys came in with a lot of injuries. Was that something that was on everyone's nerves going into the NCAA tournament? Do you think that? Coming to the Sweet 16 uh, became an issue? Um, not really, because, you know, we were all banged up. But at the time, we were like, we're in the tournament, and this is a, a great opportunity, so we just got to push through. We can't just be like, oh, I'm hurt. I can't play. This is not another game. This is a tournament game. And you're playing for something bigger than yourself, so you just have to fight through what you can. Um, how? Because I know, I know you suffered at what, broken fingers? Mm. Are those he- fully healed? Uh, not fully, but it's a lot better. I can, I can finally make a fist now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall Stevens struggled in that last game, right? Mm. Um, would that have anything to do with injuries? Um, I, I really can't speak on that. You know, Kendall's a, he's a great player, a great shooter. You know, everybody has off game, uh, like you know what I'm saying, once mm-hmm. a couple, like once or twice a year, and his just happened to be in the tournament. So I mean, it happens to everybody. In the second round matchup against Cincinnati, we all know the historic comeback. Were, were, for you, were there any flashes? Uh, it seemed like flashes uh, from the New Mexico game last season. Like being down by so much and coming back with such little time left. Yeah, um, there were there were some. I knew I knew once we got under uh, once we got it under ten, I knew we were gonna win the game. So I guess I guess that was the same. You know, it was different like time because in New Mexico it was literally under a minute, and then this was over a span I think like eight or seven minutes. But as soon as I knew we got under ten, I, I knew we were gonna win the game. 
Um, were you confident that Josh's uh, little floater in the lane was going to fall? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I honestly was going to the glass either way. Like, but I just, I, I, it was a great shot. He's a great player. So, you know, uh, stuff like that happens when you're a great player. Was Josh kind of one of those silent killers, do you think, in the NCAA, NCAA tournament? Did you, did you see him grow a lot um, just in the locker room and on the court as well? Yeah, I always told Josh when we play in the tournament, he's a different beast this year and last year, and just like the Mountain West tournament too. I always tell him in March he's just different, and then he just, he showed he was. You know, a lot of people didn't expect that from him, but if you're around him, you know he, he can play at that high level and he can play with that capability at all times. So talking a little bit more about Let's say you and all the Martins end up leaving. Who would be kind of the front leaders uh, coming up next year? Um, I mean, the team has like a bunch of, you know, vital pieces that could all, you know, lead. I mean, there's Trey who sat out this year, Jazz, another one. And then Josh would be coming into his own, especially, you know, it would be going into his junior year, be upperclassman now. So it's a, it's a lot of pieces and a lot of guys who could step up and uh, take that leadership role. What about – not leadership roles, people that can kind of just be uh, the playmakers uh, on the court. Who would those people be? Honestly, we have a bunch of versatile players, so it, 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 it could be a number of guys. It could be Corey, you know, set out, Niz, Jazz, like I said, Trey, even from out the post, he's a great passer. And uh, Josh can really pass too. So, honestly, like uh, playmaking, anybody can playmaking on the next, uh, next year's team. Um, was it inspirational to have Lindsey uh, there supporting the team in the tournament despite like him being at home uh, re- rehabbing his injury? Uh, yeah, you know, Lindsey's a, he's a vital part of our team on and off the court. He's a, he's a great locker room guy, too. He brings all of us together. He's, you know, yeah, he's just fun to be around, so it was great having him back. So looking at the NCAA tournament, what was one of the hardest games, you think, going into it? What was the toughest one? Um. The Loyola game, because if you look at them, they don't look like an amazing team, but they're they're great fundamentally. They're great offensively. They they really pick you apart, and then defensively, they they have great help side. They're always they're always uh, you know there's always a man to help. Like I remember, I kept catching on the wing, and if I I'd always be double teamed no matter where I was at. So uh, just the way they play is it's amazing. If you could go back and, and redo that game, is there anything that you would change? Um. Well, we were up by ten, and then we we dropped the ball. You know, they went. We had a couple turnovers in a row, and I think if anything, that'd be at that little stretch of turnovers. You know, maybe get a couple stops, get a couple easy buckets, and I think we'd be okay. But you can't change it now. So, no. <laughs> in that game, Caleb hit a an incredible three with a man in his face, especially with like under five seconds remaining. Does he practice that shot? No, he's just a nat- he's a natural born shooter. You know, he he can just he. He has shots like that all the time when we play pickup. So if you're around enough, you see it happen a lot. <laughs> Looking forward to next year, um, you talked about goals. Every single year you've had a goal and you've accomplished that goal. What is the goal going into next year? Um, um, we haven't came together as a team yet and established it, but I know I can I can guarantee it's going to be farther than the Sweet 16. You know, everybody's going to come back with a sh- ch- chip on their shoulder and, you know, be ready to play, especially with the guys sitting out who've been sitting out for you. They got something to prove too. So it'll be a lot of uh, fuel to the fire. What is your personal goals? Um, I haven't even thought of any really. I've just been trying to just like take everything in and just relax right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was announced uh, the Mountain West uh, MVC Challenge where Nevada, Nevada plays at Loyola Chicago. Is that would that be like a revenge game for you guys? Uh, 
I guess you call that. And then for me, it'd be it'd be a homecoming game too for my senior year. So it'd be a lot of things going in that game. <laughs> now, did, being from the uh, outside of Chicago, did you have uh, did your family make the trip to Nashville and then to Atlanta? Yeah, they they drove to both. So it was, it was great having them there. Is does that kind of fuel you to having like your family close by? Because I mean, not in Nevada. I'm sure your family doesn't make it to too many games here. So is it good to have? Especially on the road in a tournament game like that, to have family. Yeah, no doubt, because uh, that was my um, that was my mom's first time coming to a game this year, so it was great having her and my siblings out there. You know, you get to see me play. What kind of do they do they feel you up like beforehand? You get to see them before you go on the court, and does it give you that motivation, that momentum to to play even harder? Uh, yeah, it does because you know if I if we win, I get to see them more. So <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I just look at it like that. Watching watching that Loyola Chicago game, um, uh, you guys entered the game with like before the before the ball even tipped off. It just seems like you guys had like so much confidence. Was was this just something that was just not shown in the first two games that you were confident you were, that you were gonna get the you were gonna get the dub, or is it just facing coming into the game facing a lesser seeding team? Was were you like overconfident that you guys were gonna get out of the Sweet Sixteen game and then go to the Elite Eight? Uh, not even that. It was just the fact that we realized we were we were here. We're in the Sweet 16 now. It's not. It was only 16 teams of us left. So we believed at that point anything can happen. We knew anybody who was left was clearly a really talented team. You can't make it to Sweet 16 and you know not be not be a a great team. So we uh we knew whoever was in front of us was going to be a great team. They beat Miami and Tennessee, so we knew they're a legit team. So coming back from the NCAA tournament, what was that reception like from the fans and students when you came back? Right, it, it was dope. You know, the, it was the community was out there. They were in full effect. I didn't think they were gonna show up like that. I didn't know we were doing it. So honestly, it was it was great to see them out there supporting us. Still, you know, happy that we made it that far. Still, just proud of us. So it was it was great to see that we have fans like that backing us. Walking around campus, do you still have people coming up to you and congratulating you and thanking you for an incredible tournament run and. All that? Yeah. Actually, on my way here, I had somebody come up to me and tell me, you guys had a great season. And, you know, it's just great to have that, you know, great to have that uh, type of fan base that's just loyal like that and just behind you. What made what made the 2017-2018 this season so special? Um, I think, honestly, the, all the hard work we put in the summer going into it. Uh, we were – we basically went nonstop for 10 months, and it just – it. it it showed up in the end, you know, it got us to the Sweet 16, you know, it had a remarkable season. And still, we feel like we could have done much better. We could, we dropped a couple games here and there, and we felt like we could have won. So, I mean, it's, it's great, but it shows that we can all improve. Uh, taking things less seriously, uh, Nevada unveiled 12 new jerseys this year, mm. or 12 different uniform combinations. Which one was Which one were your favorites? Uh, it's tough. I I like the camel a lot, but then at the same time, I really like the uh, the white battleborn. Yeah, those that was a unique twist that I did not see coming. Yeah, uh, I th- I thought this would that would have been uh, perfect for the UNLV game. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you guys uh, debuted it for the Colorado State game. Yeah, <laughs> you have a, a pretty extensive collection of sneakers. Uh, what going with the jersey theme? What is it like having to pair your favorite sneakers with the jerseys? Is that kind of difficult sometimes? Uh, it is sometimes, you know, like when we wear the teal ones, like I only wear Jordan, so I had to, I had to switch it up though. I had to get the, uh, KD, the four year of the Dragons, throw something different out there. Now you've played in a lot of Jordans. Um, what's your favorite shoe to hoop in? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, I probably have to say honestly the Jordan Sevens. Nobody like nobody hoops in them, but like I love hooping them. I like the they got a little sleeve in them, and it, it's just super comfortable for me. What's your favorite sneaker to like rock casually? Just casually, um, I'm simple. Just probably some Vans. Some Vans are like some Adidas superstars. I just keep it low key if I'm not hooping. <laughs> Do you have any hidden gems within your sneaker collection? Uh, yeah, I have the uh, I have the LeBron Ten uh, Area Seventy Twos. I got I got those uh, snucked away. Yeah, do you have like a collection of sneakers that just don't leave the box that kind of sit in the closet for special occasions? Yeah, I got I got some that are stashed out just in case, you know, some in case something big happens. <laughs> like what what would be a special occasion to break out the uh the ex- the expensive pairs? Uh like if I was going to like a formal something, I got a pair of Balenciagas I might throw on, you know. Something oh, like wow. that. Yeah. Did you wear the Balenciagas for the end of the season dinner? No, I didn't. <laughs> like those those aren't ice right now. <laughs> but like we see um are you do you keep up with uh, sneaker culture because like right every, like right now it's like huge with they're re-releasing uh, classic Air Jordans. Mm. Um, I do, but at the same time, like I just get everywhere. Like whatever sneaker I like, I, I I go get it. I'm not like a big hype beast, really. Like <laughs> you don't pick up with the the newest trends. You just find what you like. Yeah, like you know, I I got a pair of Asics too. Like, yeah, like I I got it all. <laughs> What's the next sneaker on your uh, on your radar that you're looking to to cop? Oh, that's tough. Um, honestly, I wanna I want the All Star LeBron Sevens. I wanna I wanna throw that back. I wanna, I wanna bring those out for next year. Cause I remember in the uh, retro in the was it the throwback preseason game you played mm-hmm. in uh, Jordan ones. Yeah, were those comfortable to play in? Not at all. <laughs> my, my feet were hurting so bad out there, but I just I just I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. Throwback, so I had to you know throw it back with the shoes. Yeah, I feel like Jordan ones are not. A, like an athletic shoe yeah. I always tell Garrett that he always wears his, his Jordan ones and I'm like why are you wearing those like you can't do anything in them they're just they're, those they're are like, look yeah. those are the casual sneakers that you wear around you yeah. know they look cool like every day but you don't wear them on the court there's something about Jordan ones where you can like beat them up and they yeah, still, they still like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah I definitely don't recommend hooping in them though like my feet were on fire after the game <laughs> yeah no and I like the, the wear and tear on the Jordan ones builds character yeah it does Growing up, uh, growing up and playing, uh, else were you always a big Jordan guy, like balling in balling in Jordans? Um, growing up, I I didn't really have my first pair until I was like a like a senior in high school. I got my first pair of retros, so like not really, but as soon as like I always wanted to hoop in Jordans, but I just could never get them. So as soon as I could, I was like, I'm just get all the Jordans I want. So. Was it always like the retro Jordans and not like Jordan featured athletes like Chris Paul when D- when D Wade had his own shoe Carmelo was it is it just retros Yeah, I just do retros. Yeah, I'm not really like I, I, the new Melos that came out are okay, but I'm not really a big like you know Jordan athlete guy. Any thoughts on balling in either the threes, the elevens, uh, like some of like the more iconic Jordan number shoes? I love the elevens. I love hooping the elevens. Um, threes are cool too, but. Uh, I just don't really like the ankle support in the threes, but I, I love hooping in the 11s. Because if I'm not mistaken, you you had the Concord at the 11s, right? I had the, Space Jams and Concords out there. I've been meaning to get a pair of the Space Jam <laughs> 11s. <laughs> I, I've never been a big basketball shoe fan growing mm. up. I think recently I've kind of gone. I got a pair of uh, the PG2s. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was uh, We were hooping at uh, at the gym here, and Ch- mm. Charlie uh, Tooley was there, and he was looking at them too. I think he has a pair as well, yeah. right? Um, what makes the what makes the P, Paul George shoes such a like a big shoe for not this team like because I know like the Martin twins wear like every mm-hmm. it seems like a good amount of people wear that wear that shoe. Yeah, uh, I actually don't have a pair, but like everybody says it's really comfortable. Like everybody says it's crazy comfortable. So I think that's really the biggest thing is the you know comfortability with it. Were you jealous that you did 
did you because i know with nike they did their march madness colorway did mm. you wear one of those shoes that they did the colorway for or was or was it the jordan ones um you mean like the uh the because i know it was Kyrie, kobe and uh uh, it was Kyrie Kobe and Paul George who had yeah. the March Madness colorway. Yeah, I did. I wore the uh, I wore the Kyrie's in the Loyola game, but uh, I was like, I was thinking about keeping them on ice. But I was like, now I'm playing them. They're actually really comfortable, so I threw them on, switched it up. Who do you think has the the best sneaker collection? Is it you on the no, team? No, it's not. It's actually Hellas. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah. I remember. I remember he bought in the uh, Kyrie. It was the Kyrie Four Black History Month. Yeah, shoes. yeah. So he has he has the best shoes off the court. Yeah, and uh, he, he has it all like. Hats off to him. He has me beat. Like I'm trying to be like him. <laughs> How many pairs of sneakers do you think you have? Man, I I couldn't even tell you. I probably maybe like fifty. Wow. Yeah. How many of them do you actually wear? Like five. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to break out a pair of the special ones for a game day, what one? What would they be? Oh, it's tough. Um. And what kind of situation would it have to be to break them out? Like, would it be like in the finals of the NCAA tournament, you'd break out and ball in whatever whatever they are? Man, it's tough. Uh, it probably it probably honestly be a pair of Elevens. Probably I don't know which which pair I would break out, but it, it would probably be one of those like you know, see me playing in like a big time game. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the UNLV game, I was with the Georgetown Elevens. You know, just just because I need an iconic shoe for that. <laughs> How strict are uh, the equipment people on your shoes matching your uh, your uh, uniforms? Um, I mean they're not really too bad. I mean, I, I try to match the uniform anyway, so it hasn't really. That might be why I haven't had any problem with it. But yeah, because like I remember, uh, it was the UNLV game. Uh, Elijah Foster was wearing a pair of black and yellow black and yellow Jordans. Yeah. So you don't try to be like that, just like pick nah. shoes. Yeah, I just try to like match it. I, I need a pair of the uh, the suede twelve so I can match the the blue battle worn jersey. Mm-hmm. Are there any Jordans you would refuse to play in, like because they're just uncomfortable, just because of their uncomfortability? Um, honestly, I can hoop anything. Like this, even growing up, like when I was younger, I used to hoop in like PF Flyer in the Converse. So like <laughs> at this point, it's it's whatever. So like if it looks good, I'll probably try to play in it. Yeah, I want to see this. If there's anything else that you that you want to talk about, I mean. What's on your mind when it comes to basketball? When it comes to the draft, is there anything that is there anything that you're worried about going into next season? Anything you're worried about going into the draft? Uh, not really, because like if it like I said before, if it doesn't work out, I'll just come back to school. And then I love playing here, so I'd be it'd be great to you know finish out my senior year. It's nothing wrong with that, so it's all positive for me. Hypothetically speaking, if you had to choose an NBA team to play for, which one would you choose? Oh, uh. uh I would either choose the Heat, you know, just to be in Miami, and it's great weather all the time, great city, and they or, have great shoe shoe co- exactly. colorways. <laughs> exactly, I, I like the Miami Vice jerseys a lot. I need to find some for those if I go there. But um, probably the Mavericks, honestly, because that's my favorite team growing up. So that'd be like a child uh, childhood gr- dream being on the Mavericks. Is there a team that you you wouldn't want to play in, just maybe because of the city that you'd be living in? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, obviously it's preferred places, but like just being the, just being in the, the league. league is, I'd be ecstatic. What about if you were to play overseas? What kind of, what country would you want to live in? Uh, Spain, Spain or France. Those would be, those would be my big two. I don't want to be in one of those two countries. Have you ever been to those countries? No, but, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'm a, I'm a French minor and I speak Spanish, so it'd be the most easiest to integrate and then adapt to. Would it just be because that's somewhere where you want to live or because the basketball is good there too? The basketball is great. You know, uh, if I went overseas, I prefer to be like a, a EuroLeague team. So then they both have plenty of them, so it'd be, it'd be dope. 
All right. Well, I, I think that's probably enough questions then. Um, I loved our little talk about sneakers in your collection. We'll have to go talk to Hallis a little bit more about yeah. uh, about what he's up to with his sneakers. One question, though. What is the biggest what, – what sneaker of Hallis's are you most jealous of? Um, man, it's tough. He, he has the he has the what the Kyrie fours and those those are crazy. Like I needed a pair of them. I, I was like, man, that's why I knew he had me be easy. Like there's no there's no contest after that. All right, Jordan. But it, Car- uh, one thing oh. with House, it doesn't seem like he plays like with the flashiest the shoes. Like, does is, is that a, for on purpose? He has so many. Does like he just a uh, cycle through them. Like I think he played mostly like Kobe fives, but like, he has so much more than that. Like, they were like a deep. Like a deep purple or blue, yeah. yeah. They stood out on the court for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now he's de- he now that you think now that I think about it, he definitely does bring out the most variety onto the court. Yeah. All right, Jordan Caroline, thank you so much for joining us on the show for our special edition of Pack Center with an interview with a player. Again, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.